everyone and welcome back to the Who Chronicles. I'm Lauren and this is my episode. I hope you liked our Isles episode about ethics of posting photos of children online. We know it can be a bit of a heavy topic, but we feel it's good to think about these things and understand why we might be doing them. This week, I'll be sharing my thoughts and perceptions on the materials I've read for this episode. And just so we're on the same page, I will not read the book on the podcast. I'll discuss my impressions of the book and potentially quote some sections, as I feel in this case it's definitely appropriate. This month, I've read the book by Naoki Hikashida called The Reason I Jump, about the authors in this case. Well, technically one author, but there's translation, so we'll go into that too. Naoki Higashida was born in Kimitsu, Japan in 1992, and he was diagnosed with severe autism when he was five. He subsequently learned to communicate using a handmade alphabet grid and began to write poems and short stories. At the age of 13, he wrote this book, The Reason I Jump, which was published in Japan in 2007, and its English translation came out in 2013, and it's now been published in more than 30 languages. So Higashida has since published several books in Japan, including children's books and picture books, poems and essays. And he's basically won an award for Japanese documentary in 2014. He continues to give presentations throughout the country and to share his experience of autism. I got a lot of this information from penguinrandomhouse.com and I just went to the author section and looked for Naoki Higashida. So if you want to find more information, you can find it out there. But it's... I got my source from there. So now the book was translated by David Mitchell, not to be confused with the actor on TV. This gentleman is an Irish gentleman. But David Mitchell is an award-winning and best-selling author. And he's been named one of the most 100 most influential people in the world by time in, 27, in 2007. Um, and with Keihei Yoshida, um, who's this other Japanese gentleman, Mitchell translated um, the book from Japanese Um, into English and basically created this internationally best-selling memoir of The Reason I Jump. Um, And I got the information about David Mitchell from his website, David Mitchell with two L's, books.com. And there's some information about him there. He's written a lot of other content. And from what I understand, he has a son with autism. So this is why he was interested in the book. And his wife found the original and sort of, I think, I don't know how she read it, but they decided they would translate it into English and then published it. Okay. So who is it for? Um, I would say it's for families of people with autism. You know, for anyone who comes into contact with people with autism or on the spectrum. Um, I know people want to use the word neurodiverse, so I might use that, throw that in there too. Um, for educators, carers, support workers, therapists, or anyone who wants to gain some insight from this young man who has a diagnosis of autism. I mean young when he wrote the book. He's now not young. Oh, well, as young. He's still young, but he was a lot younger when he wrote the content of this book. Um, it is easy reading, and you can tell it's been translated, which I suppose gives it a sense of authenticity. You know, sometimes when you read translated books, they feel misinterpreted sometimes. Um, even though I'm not sure how to describe it, I just get that sense when I'm reading. But I would say that anyone's interested, it is very easy to read. I mean, you can read it fairly quickly. Um, and I'll give my thoughts and my experience about it in a bit. But I thought I'd give you a little bit of the summary of the contents of the book. So it's set out with sort of questions and answers. So there are 58 questions, 
which are delivered to Higashida, and he answers them. And even though they describe how he uses the alphabet, and David Mitchell referenced that he saw videos of him using it, I can't find anything. I did have a look because I was I was interested to find out how it works. Um, and they provide an image of the alphabet grid in the book. I'm still kind of unsure of how he answers with so much content because it must have taken absolute ages to answer. Um, and it would be interesting to see how he uses the alphabet grid in action. But as I say, maybe it's out there and I just don't know how to find it. Um, because I don't really understand how it's used or interpreted, to be very honest. But you will see this in the image of the alphabet grid if you buy the book and read the book. I just, I find it fairly confusing. So, some of the questions. So, I said there's 58, and they're actually pretty good questions to ask. Um, a lot of it's about, like, why certain things, um, why people on, on with autism struggle with certain things. And I thought that was quite interesting. So, some of the questions are, and I've given some examples here, is how are you writing these sentences? And he sort of answers that, and I think it's quite it's quite interesting how he answers. I might just read that a little bit for you. Because I think that's actually the first one, first question he gets asked. Yeah, how are you writing these sentences? And he says, and I quote, The alphabet grid is a method of non-vocal communication. You might think that speech is the only way to get your points and intentions across. But there's another way to say what you want without using vocal, the vocal nervous system. At first, I never dreamt I could make it work. But now I'm well able to express my true self using only a computer and an alphabet grid. So he says, and I carry on with the quote, this is an incredible feeling, not, not being able to talk, not being able to share what you're feeling and thinking. It's like a doll suspended in your whole life in isolation, without dreams and without hopes. Sure, it took me a long time before I could finally start communicating via written text on my own. But on that first day, when my mum supported my writing hand in hers, I began to acquire a new way of interacting with others. Then, to allow more independent communication, mum invented the alphabet grid. The alphabet grid makes it possible to form my words by simply pointing to their letters instead of having to write them one by one, write them out one by one. This also lets me anchor my words, words that would otherwise flutter off as soon as I try to speak them. Often, while I'm learning this method, while I was learning this method, I'd feel utterly beaten. But finally, I arrived at a point where I could indicate the letters by myself. What kept me hammering away at it was it the thought that to live my life as a human being, nothing is more important than being able to express myself. So for me, the alphabet grid isn't just about putting together sentences. It's about getting across to other people what I want and need them to understand. End quote. So you can see that he describes things quite well, and you can imagine how long this took him to be able to do that. Some other examples of questions why are your facial expressions so limited? Is it true that you hate being touched? Why do you wander off from home? And then I thought this one was quite interesting and his answer is quite interesting. Why do you repeat certain actions again and again? And then I'm going to open another quote here. So this is question 51. Why do you repeat certain actions again and again? And he answers, the reason people with autism repeat actions isn't simply because they enjoy what they're doing. Watching us, some people can get shocked, as if we were possessed. However, much you like doing something, it would normally be impossible to keep doing it as often as we do, right? 
But the repetition doesn't come from our own free will. It's more like our brains keep sending out the same order time and time again. Then, while we're repeating the action, we get the, to feel really good and incredibly comforted. From our standpoint, I feel a deep envy of people who can know what their minds, their own minds are saying and who have the power to act accordingly. My brain is always sending me off to, on little missions, whether or not I want to do them. And if I don't obey, then I have to fight the feeling of horror. Really, it's like I ha I'm being pushed over the brink into a kind of hell. For people with autism, living itself is a battle. So, end quote. So you can see that it's quite succinct and quite um, able to answer really well. So I just thought I'd quote those two sections. I know they're longer quotes, but I think it's quite interesting to um, get a feel of how he answers these questions. So they're quite long-winded. Um, so we're going to get to did I enjoy the book and yes or no or, and why. And then maybe some examples of the parts I like the most. So... It was interesting and quite insightful, and I think it could be helpful to some people who are seeking answers of understanding autism, but, and there is a big but here, I think sometimes books like these or stories like these can give some false, false hope to desperate people who just want their children or people they know to be happy. And I'm not in any way saying that this happened here. I don't know the story well enough. I've just read the book. I've watched a couple of art um, interviews of David Mitchell and a few other people. And I think there's actually a documentary coming out or it has come out. Um, it might be a story, um, a movie. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not saying that this is happening here, but I do think about nonverbal young people or people that I've worked with. and. I'm not sure that they were given a system or anything or even a system that is that could work for them that they would be able to do this kind of thing or even if we adapted it to suit them they might not be able to access it so this is where my hesitation comes in as I think it's cruel to set expectations which can be unrealistic for some people and just because the story is true doesn't mean it's applicable to all others on the spectrum but having said that I'm more than open to having my mind changed and I do think it's good for people to read the book themselves to come up with their own conclusions. I just always think about the desperation of families, and I feel this shouldn't be taken advantage of. Not that I'm saying that this is what happened here. I'm just saying that because that's the feeling I got when I was reading, is that, oh, it's going to answer so many questions, so many people, and they're going to understand the, the family member more. And I'm not sure you will just by reading one person's story, because as we know about the spectrum, is that everybody's so different and we're all unique and what what is one experience for one might not be experience for all um and i'm a person who basically questions things and critically assesses the content of information so i'm just playing devil advocates here possibly but i did enjoy the book i found it interesting um i like the setup i like that the questions that are asked are quite common questions that um, I feel people ask me, and I know that um, my colleagues would agree, that we're not able to answer these things sometimes. We are able to make assumptions. We might not be able to answer them. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm thinking about that. Um, I do suggest that people go and buy and um, read it because, as I said, it's easy to read and maybe formulate an opinion for yourself, as I mentioned. Um, so where do we get it? 
The prices vary because um, you can get copies of paperback or hardcover. So I've just re referenced paperback as I think it's generally cheaper, but you can do your own research and see what works for you better. So you can purchase this book, The Reason I Jump, on eBay for £8.10, 10 pence, or on Amazon for £7.51 pence, or Book Depository for £12.76 pence. Uh, Blackwell selling it at £9.42, nine, £9 A-Books £4.85, quite competitive there, A-Books. World of Books, oh, even better, £4.30. Well, Waterstones is £9.99. And from what I gather from in terms of the finding a link for, through the author's website, so via David Mitchell's website, which is David Mitchell's, I think davidmitchellbooks.com, yeah that um, this website is, has links to a whole bunch of places where you can purchase the book. I didn't go into all that detail because we're slightly different um, service providers, so you can go and have a look. And then in terms of an online book, I did some research. So Google Books, I think it's free because I was able to access the book and started reading it. So go and have a look there. Audible, it's free on the Audible trial, so maybe you want to give that a shot. Apple Books is £12.14, which I think is a bit steep. Sorry, Apple Books. And Kindle Store, pretty competitive, £4.99. So those are the online books. And yeah, that's about it for this episode. So we were working on turning our podcast episodes into blog posts, but it's been quite difficult with our time constraints at the moment. We're not sure when we'll, if we will be able to carry on with these, but we shall see and we'll let you know if we change, if anything changes. And thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Hoot Chronicles. The next Hoot Chronicles episode will be out on Monday, the 15th of May with Carla. Be her book that week or that month. Um, and please rate, like, and subscribe to us. We are on Instagram. We are at ABA underscore owls on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We are chirping with ABA owls. And under that, you'll find the Hoot Chronicles, which you're listening to now. On Facebook, you can find us at just ABA owls. And our website is www.abaowls.com. Or you can email us aba.owls.uk at gmail.com. If you have any queries or questions, and please let us know. Thank you. Bye. Bye.